from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here on Business Radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 132. Hey, if it's noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, you can call us right now because every Thursday is Open Call Thursday on Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter, and the dream team is all back together, Dion and Michelle. Michelle, Michelle, welcome back from Europe. Thank you. It's so great to be back. You look fabulous. Thank you. Uh, it looks like you had a great time. A blast. Yeah. And if you want to, if you want to ask Michelle questions about Spain or Portugal, she'd be happy to answer them. Sure. Eight four four Wharton. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. So it is open calls, and today it is our resume and LinkedIn special. So get your questions ready because we are taking your calls all hour right now at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. If it's been a while since you dusted off your resume or maybe you haven't paid any attention to your LinkedIn, even if you're not thinking of looking for a new job, guess what? You're going to want these documents ready when you are found on LinkedIn or maybe something's coming up at work and you're making that change. So don't wait. Give us a call right now. And no question is too small. 844-942-7866. And to help us with that topic, we welcome back Hannah Morgan, a.k.a. The Career Sherpa, a nationally recognized author and speaker on all things job search. With a grounding in human resources, workforce development, and career services, Hannah founded Career Sherpa with a mission to educate professionals about how to maneuver through the often treacherous job search process. The author of the infographic resume, Hannah has been featured in a number of media outlets, including Fast Company, The Muse, and USA Today, and also writes a weekly column in U.S. News and World Report. Welcome back to Career Talk, Hannah. Don, thanks so much for having having me. It's great to be here. Well, I'm so excited because you're so busy. You're doing so many things that I'm thank you for making the time. And I love the term treacherous job search process. I took that right off your website because it's often described that way or worse by candidates. So so as we're looking at 2019, what are you referring to that is that is the the latest treacherous things in the job search, Hannah? I think it's the applicant tracking system. I think that that is the thing that is tripping up most people and having a resume that is not being parsed correctly and is not keyword rich and the resume is not addressing what the employers are really looking for. So I think that's the the most treacherous thing that uh, job seekers have to worry about today. And I think most people know what applicant tracking systems are, but maybe don't fully understand their function. But but so let's talk a little bit about what they are. It's not one thing. There's different programs. They, they might be uh, programmed different to look at different mm-hmm. things. So can you talk a little bit about what is an applicant tracking system and, and what is the need to know for a job seeker who might be submitting a resume online, Hannah? Yeah, I think I think job seekers think that whenever they submit their resume, that it goes to some special box, and the recruiter is going to look at every single resume that comes in for that job by that you know in that category of job, and and that can happen. But every recruiter uses the system a little bit differently. So I like to sort of preface people's understanding that it's more like a database. So <clears throat> some recruiters may search all the resumes, but other times. They may say, okay, in this pool of resumes, let me do a keyword search for the skills and technology that I know are going to be most valuable for this job. For example, if they know they need somebody with R and somebody who has a, you know, somebody who has an EMBA, then they're going to search that pool of applicants for the words R, which is a software program for stuff, right, and um, EMBA. And if your resume doesn't have R and it doesn't have EMBA, then your resume will never get looked at. So, so the, 
breaks my heart. Well, and I think what people don't realize, I've seen a stat that as many as 75% of resumes get weeded out before they even reach human eyes. And in part because this is what's happening. They're looking for these keywords. And it's not even that you don't have the keywords in there. Certain applicant tracking systems can only read word formats or can only read PDFs or we're looking for certain titles like experience section to kind of drive where they're pulling keywords from. And so there's so many and I'm not going to get into all of the technical aspects of it. But my point being that that there's so many ways to get knocked out of these systems and you may not even know you're knocked out you may think i'm a perfect match but because of of where you put your education first and it was looking for it at the end it missed something that was key and you never got to the hiring manager hey you're listening to career talk series xm channel 132 we are taking your calls all hour live at 844 warden 844-942-7866. We're so excited to have Hannah Morgan back on the show, a.k.a. The Career Sherpa. And we are talking all about resumes and LinkedIn. So if you've got a question, you want to update your resume for 2019, or maybe you just haven't even opened your LinkedIn in ages and you want to dust that off, today's the show to give us a call all hour if it's noon Eastern, 844-942-7866. And we're going to jump right to the phones with Tanya in New Jersey. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? Hi, I just had some questions about how to format a resume when you are business for self doing some consulting work. Okay, so you're in, um, are you going to stay self-employed as a consultant or are you looking to now pivot back into an organization? I'm looking to pivot back into a full-time job. Okay, and how long have you been self-employed? Two years. Okay. Um, and so this is a perfect question because I know a lot of people are looking to move back into this, this direction, Hannah, and sometimes corporations look at this and they wonder, hmm, were you really self-employed? Or are you just saying that? So what is, what is your advice for Tanya? <clears throat> so like, I, I, congratulations on having your own business for a couple of years. That's probably one of the greatest achievements that you could have possibly had, right? That takes took a lot of work and effort. And I think what you want to show um, on your resume when you're, we'll talk about first sort of the strategy, is make sure that you are talking about the skills that you want to use next in your next job, right? So if you're going to be pivoting back into the workforce, if you, what kind of role are you looking to pivot back into? Do you know? Program project management. Okay, so what you want to focus in on is uh, when you talk about your job, your current, your having your own business, is all the project management responsibilities and achievements that you've had. So probably, you know, there are many ways to do the job title and the company, but I would suggest listing, you know, consultant, comma, project manager, and then list the name of your company. Yeah, I love that idea, Hannah, because I think a lot of people feel like there's there's a format or a template they have to follow for a resume. And I'll be honest, as a recruiter, there is a general structure we like to see in terms of, you know, maybe a brief profile, your your uh, chrono- reverse chronological ex- work experience followed by education. That, But within that, you get to do a lot of things. And what I'm liking about what Hannah's suggesting is a lot of people put the company first, followed by the title of their their role. And here's the thing. I think putting the your actual title and your something that's more descriptive and related to project management and then put your company after that for all of your positions could be more powerful in this situation. What are, what are your thoughts, Tanya? Great idea. That's certainly a format that I haven't tried before. So you're suggesting title first and then the company. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so um, you know, in my case, I might be career director, comma, the Wharton School instead of the other way around. And again, it's a subtle change. But but if you think about how resumes are read, they are read, there's statistics, there are studies on this, and statistically it's read in an F pattern. So they're reading down the left-hand column and across the top. And so you want to put your most relevant or uh, words with most impact there. And for you, as you're looking to transition back, it, it's it's not the name of your your um, consulting company. For you, it's what you've been doing because it's directly relevant to where you're going. So I think having a strong summary with keywords, with some accomplishments related to product pro- project management, and then putting your title first and then company could be a great way to have people really hone in on the words that you want. Hannah, do you have other suggestions for Tanya? 
Um, I definitely um, would not state that that was your own company. I don't think that that's going to be important necessarily, especially if you're transitioning back. I mean, if you were going to be staying in that line of work or your entrepreneurialism was going to be really valued in a specific case, I wouldn't say that that, that or I wouldn't draw attention to the fact that you started this business. Um, I would focus in on the project management kind of roles and responsibilities that you did as the business owner. Yeah, and at the end of the day, what a hiring manager wants is somebody who can come in and do the work. And the one, if I'll put my recruiting hat on, um, Tanya, the one thing I would be concerned about you is why do you want to come back into corporate and are you going to stay? And and is there kind of a red flag to be uncovered here? But And I'll be honest with you. I look for a red flag in every candidate because everyone usually has one and that's just kind of how the human brain works. We look for the negatives first. Um, and as a recruiter, they're going to ask you that. So I think, I think one, you've got some great tips on the resume, but two, you need to be prepared to answer that question really, really well. And do you have a good answer for that? Why you're looking to transition back? Well, it's interesting that you brought that up because my last two interviews, I was asked that question. Um, There was concern that I would keep the consulting business on the side as well as the full-time job. So another question I was going to ask was, should I take this off my resume altogether if this is going to be a concern? But then I'm going to have to explain what I've been doing for two years if it's not on the resume. So it's interesting because you, you the resume is getting you interviews. So when I hear that the, the resume is getting you interviews, then I'm thinking, okay, that's great. And the fact that they're bringing up the red flag is also great because they don't have to. They could just, you know, you can interview. They could be, wow, she was great, but I'm worried about her doing this business. And they don't even ask you. So I think they're giving you an opportunity to explain this. And I feel like if you can nail that answer in a way that makes me feel comfortable confident that you're going to give your all to my company, you're going to produce results, you're all in and you're not just trying to dabble back, then that would that would satisfy me because as Hannah mentioned, you bring a lot of great qualities having managed your own business. So do you, we could do this on air because, you know, we love doing this on air. Do you want to share your answer to that question and let, let Hannah and me help you shape it? Well, sure, that would be great. Um... What I explain is that I was part of a workforce reduction. I was working for a Fortune 50 company. I was part of a workforce reduction that was 30% of the workforce was reduced. The first six months, I focused on landing back into the company internally. Um, Unfortunately, the people who were working to bring me back in were also part of the workforce reduction, so that didn't happen. Um, I spent the last the next few months doing some self-evaluation, some self-care, and to keep myself busy and sharp, I started this consulting business while I was looking for something full-time. That's what my answer is. Okay, so just even based on our conversation, that's not what I would have expected happened. So I think your story, your real story is actually slightly different. And I, I think you can use that story and flip it into a way that's positive. I mean, I think we've all been part of a layoff. I've been laid off twice. Uh, I, it just it, The longer you work, chances are it's going to happen, particularly in certain fields. And so I think you could you can make that exact case just shorter and then move on to where you're going. Get off that topic as quickly as possible. So what I might say is, you know, in whatever, 2017, I was part of a workforce reduction where my my entire department was eliminated. Gave me the opportunity to explore, um, you know, where my strengths are right now in alignment with the market. And I determined that it's project, project, Was it product management? Well, it's product management for now. Project management, yeah. Project management. Um, So I spent the next year honing my skills by by doing my own business, and now I'm ready to get back into a corporation like yours. And what I really love about your organization and how my skills fit is X, Y, and Z, and move forward. And that confidently, that succinctly, that don't over-explain, it makes you sound defensive. And I think you're like, hey, I know what I want. I took some time exploring what I want. I know I want to be here. I know I want to grow here. Here's how I can contribute, hit the ground running, and move on to the next thing. And I think, to me, that would obviously take care of the the question about are you going to keep this consulting business, but it's also it's also real. Hannah, what are your thoughts? You know what? I love what you've suggested, Don. I, I might even cut it even shorter and say, 
You know, that's a really good question. Upon I did a lot of reflection and self-evaluation about where I am at this point in my career and what I've been able to accomplish. And what I'm really excited about now is rejoining a company where I can make a difference and grow with the company. I've had the opportunity to run my own business and grow, and that was a great opportunity, but I really miss the collaboration and the opportunity to work alongside talented people like you have here. Bam. So um, thank you, Hannah. I think I think, Tanya, what you're going to do now is take what Hannah and I said, create something that's your own and that feels good and genuine to you and practice it till you feel like you're talking about what you ate for dinner last night. And (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's yeah, because let's just face it. We all have something that we don't like to talk about it. When someone asks, we get a little uncomfortable. But and then whatever your words are and to, to Hannah's point, shorter is better and always end on. And now I'm looking to you because that moves the conversation forward and in the direction you want the rest of the interview to go. So um, very excited for what you have coming up. Very excited that you're getting interviews. And I think if you make this tweak, you're going to have multiple job offers coming in, Tanya. So thank you for calling. Thank you for being brave to do this on air because hopefully it helped you, but I'm sure it's also helping other people who are thinking about this. And we really appreciate your call, Tanya. Why, thank you very much. I wasn't going to miss the opportunity to speak with you ladies. Well, hey, you know, give us a call back if something else comes up. We are here every Thursday live for you guys who are out there with these questions. We want to help. So good luck. We look forward to hearing the good word. And hey, you're just tuning in. You're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 132. Hey, if you've got a question on your resume, LinkedIn, or maybe you're just struggling to get past the first interview and you want to kind of do some tweaking on air, be brave. Call us. This could seriously help your career and the careers of others who are struggling with the same thing. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're so excited to have Hannah Morgan here, the career Sherpa who is recognized in the social media um, as a top resource for job search. And I will say something. I, I want to point this out, Hannah, because you are you are one of the things I admire so much about you is you're so gracious on social media and you uplift the entire career coaching community by promoting all of our blogs and articles and and things that others have said. And I just think that's such an amazing thing about you. And I wanted to personally thank you. But I also um, wanted to put on air some of the other things you've highlighted in your blogs, as well as, you know, some of the things you've highlighted from others, because there's such great tips that not only help the entire career community, but obviously help the people who are job searching. So one, thank you for doing that. You're and, welcome. And two, let's let's talk about some of that advice that has come in um, on some of your your um, the the different things you've posted. So I think I think one of the things that tends to come up a lot, especially when people are looking to do their resume and LinkedIn profile, is you have to have a goal. You have to have a specific target. And I think this is one of the biggest mistakes people make is they try and make a generic document that appeals to everybody and hope that whoever reads it can find a place for them to fit. Why does this not work, Hannah? Oh, yeah. I think because at heart, I think we're consumers, right? And when I go to buy something, when you go to buy something, we buy something because we have a need, we have a problem. I'm not going to buy something because it might help me or I might be able to make it work by sort of MacGyvering it. I want something that's going to be what I need it to be. And I think that that's just sort of the way the brain works. Is that what you think, too? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you basically, here's the deal. The the statistics are in. People are going to spend six seconds on your resume. And in six seconds, if you can't tell me specifically why the, the strengths you have are going to have an impact <laughs> on my team, department, or whatever it is that I am working on, I move on to the next one. And then I move on to the next one. And so I think you as a job seeker need to do the work for them. You need to point out very clearly that you're worth another six seconds or another six seconds to get to know. Because if you don't, the fact is they will just move on. They will right. move and on. That's what happens when you're vanilla and you haven't really explained any of that. Like I'm a, a really multi-talented, diverse, able to solve lots of different problems. If you just say that, people can't envision that. That doesn't fix their problem. It doesn't explain to them anything. So they absolutely will move on to the next. And we see that all the time. We see, you know, results-oriented, um, strong communicator can work well in a team. And with those. And I'll tell you what I call this. And I call this the horoscope profile. And I call it that because, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry to anybody who's offended and really loves horoscopes. But here's the deal. 
your horoscope will always, always relate to you. And probably something you don't do is read the other 11 and you'll realize all of them relate to you too. The, the point of horoscopes is that they're so <laughs> generic that you're going to find something in them. Um, so, so you want to not do that. You want, you want your profile, if somebody reads it, to say, wow, this is Hannah or this is, this is Dawn, not this is any career coach. And so if you look at your profile, you look at your LinkedIn and you have a lot of these generic words, strategic and all this, you know, look at it and say, what does that really mean? And can I add a result to that that shows what strategic is from my skill set? Because one, if you can't, then maybe you need to do a bit, little bit more work on self-reflection. But two, if you can, you're going to be able to market yourself that much better. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM Channel 132, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Hannah Morgan all hour, a.k.a. the Career Sherpa, taking your calls, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You can also tweet at Dr. Don Graham. We're going to go back to the phones with Kara in California. Welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today, Kara? Hi, um... Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I have had my own successful consulting public relations business for 13 years. And about a year and a half ago, I had some serious medical issues that I had to address. My business fell off during that time. And um, as often happens with these issues, when you reevaluate your life, I find that I don't have a passion for reinvesting in my business and pursuing clients and doing those things. So I'm, I'm wanting to re-enter the workforce. Um, but, uh, I, I, I just feel two things. I'm, I'm worried about the question your last caller was concerned about and I'm all, because I have such a large gap and I'm also concerned that some of my most recent clients, because what I do is a lot of writing, blogging, uh, pitching, um, are not like the best for showing great work examples, which I do have. So I, I'm I'm very concerned. I do have an interview coming up in a few weeks. I'd like to do very well, but um, I find re-entering stressful. But I know once I get a job, I will be great at the job. Okay. I'd like your input. The last thing you said, I want to highlight. That is the question I ask my executive MBAs when they say, oh, I'm not sure. I'm like, if you get this job, will you rock it? And if they say, you know, unequivocally, yes, you know, okay, we, you got this. Now we just need to put the strategy behind it. So I'm so glad you said that, Kara, because that's the most important thing. Um, so let's focus on a couple of things. But I, you were in the business for 13 years. How big is the gap? And the, the gap of what? So you said you, you, uh, you worried about the big gap. What, what was your gap between well, when you last gap, worked? The big gap from having a, like, being a director at an agency or being an internal PR uh, organization for a Fortune 5 company. Okay, you also said you wanted to do something different. So do, do you know what you want to do? Well, actually, um, yes, I would, like to, I would like to be doing PR for a nonprofit. Okay. PR for a nonprofit. So you're using some of your background, but maybe you're changing industries. Yes. Okay, perfect. And is your interview in a few weeks at a nonprofit? It is. Okay, and you had, so just to clarify, you had a successful business in PR for 13 years. Then um, you had to take a break. How long was that break? Um, I still have the business open. Okay. So no one would look at it and think that it doesn't have clientele. Okay. So the break then uh, probably is irrelevant to your story. Okay. So let's, yeah. let's do this real time. Cause you have a, you have an interview at a PR firm in a few weeks, which means, um, you got your foot in the door. Uh, let's answer this question. So, you know, why this job? Why now? You know, why us? You know, I'm, um, I have been, I have been doing very successful work for a lot of great startups for many years. But in this phase of my life, I want to have jobs that have purpose and meaning. And I have I have helped a lot of 26-year-olds make $50 million. Now I'm ready to help uh, an animal shelter like yours um, save more lives. 
Oh, you have me at animal shelter, but okay. I know. I'm I'm digressing. Um okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like me too. So, Hannah, analysis. Yeah, um I think the just the one word that caught my ear was the word but. Oh, me too. I wrote uh, that down. Sorry, I had to say that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking and I want to make this transition. I think, you know, the the language, the words you chose are not necessarily bad, Kara. What and I know it's hard to talk on the radio, but sometimes we get nervous during interviews, too. The one thing that I noticed more than anything else was that lack of enthusiasm in your voice. And I know you're hesitant, but I, I want to make sure that when you're saying whatever words you say in an interview, mm-hmm. that they are with a high level of energy and enthusiasm. Because I think that that alone can overcome whatever words they may be hearing or, or, or getting stuck on. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And um, the other thing is, I think what you said, you know, you you do a good job of describing, you know, I've had a successful business for 13 years. I mean, you had a great accomplishment that I help people make $50 million. Um, I mean, you have numbers in there. And, and think about wh- the nonprofit and what what is it that, that they need to do? What is it that's most important to them? What is their biggest challenge, Kara? Well, in fact, I- from what I can see on the outside, and I'm sure it is a function of time resource, um, consistency, you know, being consistent on, on social media and um, things like that. Really. Do, do they have, from the outside right now. Do, um, where you're applying, do they currently have a PR person? Is this a replacement or is this a new role? I don't know that yet. Okay. <laughs> so that would be interesting to know. And I think, I think, Exactly what you said. Say it with more enthusiasm. I, I, you know, now that I know your story a little bit more, I don't think you know the gap. I think you know the fact is, you if they press you on this, you know, I've reevaluated. I, you even said that. I mean, it was perfect. You're like, now I'm looking to be in a more mission driven aspect. And the the last thing I would add, and and here's how I see my skills benefiting your organization, and have some concrete ideas or examples. Okay. So. Um, and then if there are portions of it, well, I'm sorry, can I have a follow-up question? If there are portions of a job where you don't think you've done it or done it enough, like how can you, do you just have to sort of brainstorm to be able to um, try to offer something new or unique? Because I do believe that particular job has things that are like volunteer management or foster management that I, I haven't done before, but I'm not terribly concerned about them because it is about organization and communication. Yeah. So you answered your own question there, which is you haven't done those, but you have transferable skills that will assist there. And keep in mind, you know, just kind of going back to the confidence card, add this to it. Keep in mind, not every there's not a single candidate who will have every single aspect of the job so either someone's going to be great at PR, maybe don't have the the animal aspect or, you know, any combination of those. So the fact is you just have to know how you're going to answer that question. And if they say, well, we see you haven't had any volunteer management, you can say, well, something I did that I see is similar is and give a similar example of, like you said, your organizational skills. They just want to know. Remember, when you're in an interview, they want to find somebody. They want to find somebody great. They want you to do well because they want to hire somebody. So keep that in mind. And recognize that it it's a conversation about how you're going to solve their problems. And so if you, when you look at it this way, especially for someone who's owned their own business, it, it's going to come completely differently from a flow standpoint from, from you than if you look at it as kind of an interrogation. Is that helpful, Kara? Oh, it's so helpful. Thank you so much. Well, good luck. I wish you all the best in this and, um, you know, animal shelters. You had my heart there, Kara. So we have fingers and toes crossed for you in this, and we look forward to hearing the good news. Thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. Bye. Bye. Good luck. Hey, you're just tuning in. You're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Hannah Morgan, a.k.a. The Career Sherpa. And now it is time for our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? And this is totally unplanned, but it has to do with animals. Um, okay, so here it is. What do the following animals have in common? What do the following animals have in common? Bears, elephants, lions, and tigers. 
bears, elephants, lions, and tigers. I'm not talking about the obvious things, like they're animals. I'm talking about something very specific. It's not chromosome, is it? No, it's not about chromosomes. And I can even give you a hint, because I know this is wildly vague. It has to do with food. So if you think you know, give us a call right now at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here on Business Radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 132. Hey, if you haven't heard yet, starting next week, LinkedIn is rolling out new tools to help you ace the job interview. They're going to have lots of things. If you're looking for the features, you can find them under jobs and then track my jobs. There's going to be video that you can use, popular questions. So if you're preparing for an interview, you might want to check that out. And if you missed the pre-break quiz, I will give it to you one more time. What do the following animals have in common? Bears, elephants, lions, and tigers. Oh, my. If you think you know, give us a call. 844-WHARTON-844-942-7866. Here's my hint. It has to do with food. So you're just tuning in. We are here with open calls all hour if it's Thursday, noon, Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And you can give us a call at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're talking all about resumes, LinkedIn, and putting this all together in a way that makes you competitive and stellar in your job search process. So if you have a question about that, you can give us a call and help us with that. We have Hannah Morgan back on the show, a.k.a. The Career Sherpa. And Hannah, where can people reach you if they want more information after the show? Sure. My website is um, careersherpa.net. Pretty straightforward. Perfect. And there's tons of blogs and and information, and you should also follow her on Twitter. I mean, just tons and tons of information that you put out there, Hannah, which is super helpful for all of us. So thank you for doing that. And we are going to go right to the phones with Kathy in Connecticut. Kathy, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Hi. Thank you so much. Um, So I am a CNA. I'm also in nursing school, and I'm just trying to find a job, but I'd like to be a CNA um, at a hospital. I know I have a great resume. I have my LinkedIn on my resume, and I always have good cover letters and references, but I'm getting a little discouraged. It seems like um, maybe you get like, you know, one call out of every 20 applications or something. So I'm just wondering if you know the statistic, just so it can put my mind at ease a little bit, like how, what the statistic is through a hospital website. So you're applying two jobs online through a hospital's website directly. Did I get that right, Kathy? That is correct. So, okay. Um, and can you give give us kind of the applications to responses that you've gotten, at least rough numbers? Do you know? Uh, what do you mean? I'm not sure. Like you said, you're, you you're not getting that? responses. So, I mean, have you applied to, to five, ten? Oh, sure. Um, about seven so far. But, you know, each takes so long because you're writing a new cover letter for each. So <laughs> I was just thinking I would get something sooner. Or does it take longer? Does it take them like a month because it's a hospital? Or Well, know, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, the recruiting process moves at a glacial pace everywhere. So um, if you've only applied within the last month, I wouldn't think that's a terribly long amount of time. Hannah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that that's probably on par. It really depends on the individual in the office and what their what their fire is. Um, I would say the one thing, Kathy, you can do to absolutely increase your odds is to find somebody who works at that hospital mm-hmm. and ask them if they know somebody that you can talk to or talk to them, say, I really want to get my foot in the door here as a CNA. Who, who do I need to talk to? That will dramatically increase the response rate. And it doesn't even matter if they're in the nursing department. Honestly, it could be anybody in the hospital. And LinkedIn makes it so easy to find people who work in an organization. So you mentioned that you, your LinkedIn is, is up to date. And, well, how many contacts do you have, Kathy? Um, I have – I don't have the 500 that I know you guys like. <laughs> I have 30. 
Yeah. So one of, and I'll tell you why I like the 500, um, because if it's, it's a mathematical equation, it's, it's the more first level contacts you have, it means the more second level contacts you have. And this is where you tend to find people in those organizations where you're interested in, because obviously the people, you know, if you knew they were working there, you would reach out to them. But when you can do a search on LinkedIn and start to see how many second level contacts actually work or have worked in these organizations, the world opens up to you. So I would think that's one of the first things you want to do is start reaching out to to your first level contacts who are not already in your network. And we, we're talking like maybe you're really friendly with your dentist or, you know, maybe you're really friendly with your neighbors. It doesn't matter if they're, you know, people you work with or professional contacts. I mean, reach out to people because these people can introduce you to new circles. And I agree 100% with Hannah that, that having a person on the inside is going to up your odds immensely. And the fact is, the hospital may get 100 resumes, and then one person may refer their friend who has the basic qualifications, and that person's going to get to the head of the line. And fair or not, Mm -hmm. it's really, really how it works. Hannah, um, what are your thoughts on... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, they may even have... They may... The hospital may even have an employee referral program so that if an employee refers you as a candidate and you get hired, then that employee... who referred you gets money or some other prize for referring you. So because in the healthcare world, they're, they're so short staffed right now. I think that more and more might be leaning towards employee referral programs. I, yeah, I totally agree. And I, I think here's the thing. A lot of people believe that the hiring process is objective, linear, um, you know, rational and all of these things. And the fact is, it's just it's just <laughs> as Hannah cracks up, it, it is just not. I mean, they throw a job ad out there and then they don't look at it or they only, they say we're going to take the first 20 resumes and that's it and close it. So, you you know, you happen to be resume 21 or they're they're applicant tracking system is programmed so specifically that it weeds out like 95% of the people who apply. Because remember, humans are the ones that program these systems. So when when you hear, oh, the bias is taken out because the machine's doing it, well, who's programming those machines? So it could be a number of things that have nothing to do with your skills or qualities or or fit for that organization. It could just be that your resume is not getting in front of those decision makers. And hey, I, I would reach out to somebody in your network and ask them for a warm introduction. I think this is where you need to be bold because I agree, this is an area where they're constantly hiring and it will favor the bold. So pick up the phone, make a phone call, you know, stop by and meet somebody. And I know this feels like, have you lost your mind on? These are all scary things. And I don't know that I, I you know, I do this, but I mean, what have you got to lose if nothing you're doing online is working. Thoughts, Hannah? Okay. Yeah, and I think that, you know, if it if it has been more than a couple of weeks and you still haven't heard anything, obviously you're going to still track down new opportunities. So never stop the process. Um you just it's a game of probability and you got to play the odds. So keep applying. Um but if you, if after a month, uh Kathy, you're not seeing anything, then I think it's really time to evaluate your resume because if you're applying to all those jobs and you haven't heard anything back as a CNA after a 30-day window, I'm thinking there's a definite problem with your resume not making it through the applicant tracking system. Yeah, and and agreed. And I would say pick the top 5, 10 hospitals that are you know, geographically where you want to work in the right location, have have these openings and, you know, start looking for people on LinkedIn and in your network in these organizations and start building those contacts. Because I'm telling you, I know it feels like you're doing a lot of work by rewriting your cover letter and going through the online application and you feel like I've, I've just spent an hour being very productive. But I, I would almost guarantee you that spending an hour meeting two people or having three 20-minute phone calls with somebody in your network is going to be that much more powerful in landing you where you want to be. Yes, it's less structured. It's it's probably less comfortable, something that you have to schedule. But I promise you the hiring process is not as structured, linear, and objective 
as you think it is through these applicant tracking systems. So, Kathy, we wish you all the best. I have no doubt that when you take these steps, you're going to have a lot of job offers, and we'll be excited to hear that when you when you let us know and giving us a call back on Career Talk. Hey, you're just tuning in. We are live if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. We're here with Hannah Morgan, a.k.a. The Career Sherpa. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And, hey, if you've not seen my new TEDx talk, it is the easiest way is just to Google it. Let's just face it. And then, of course, I wanted to make an announcement. Switchers is going to be having a flash sale Friday and Saturday, the 21st and 22nd, only for $2.99 on Kindle. You want to know why? Because it is is our anniversary. Happy one-year anniversary to Switchers. How smart professionals change jobs and seize success. So if you want that for $2.99 or maybe you know a new grad, for the price of a cup of coffee, you can send them a book that just might change their entire career trajectory. So we are talking all about resumes and LinkedIn. It's open calls here on Career Talk, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're going to quickly answer our pre-brick quiz, Dion. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It has to do with animals. All right. So what do the following animals have in common? Bears, elephants, lions, and tigers. And you said it's got got to do with food, right? That is my hint. Okay. I'm going to say... You know how like dogs can't eat chocolate? I want to say they can't. They all can't eat the same food, like the same. You know, like if it's chocolate, they they all can't eat chocolate. There's a food that they all will die from. Die from. Yes, that might be true, but that is not my answer. <laughs> of course, of course, it's not. Why would it be? I, mean, I know. <laughs> all right, Michelle. I'm gonna guess. I mean, first of all, I, I have to. I have to take issue with the fact that you say lions, tigers, and bears without them being in that order. (laughs) (laughs) Secondly, I love the Wizard of Oz. (laughs) I never, like, thought an elephant would want to eat me, but maybe they're all omnivores. Ooh. Um, I think that's actually, I I don't know if an elephant's an omnivore, but they will definitely kill you. Right. I know. Um, Maybe. Yeah, I I think it's safe to say they will all kill you but that wasn't my answer it's <laughs> okay. slightly more uplifting than that <laughs> what i know hannah, hannah do you want to take a go at this you, you can I was pass say that i was going to use michelle's answer that i think they're omnivores but i i might think that they all love to eat berries great answer great answer yeah and see okay i think my hint like what I said, it had to do with food. No, boy. No, no. I mean, it does. You'll see. It does have to do with food. But it kind of led people in a direction about what food they eat. But that... <laughs> <laughs> what, not, what other direction would it lead us in? Well, let me just give you the answer, and you'll hear why I said that. Okay. So bears, elephants, lions, and tigers, or as Michelle prefers, <laughs> elephants, <laughs> lions, tigers, and bears. Oh, my. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> are the only animals... To make it through the entire lifetime of Barnum's animal crackers without changing. So, are you serious? <laughs> wait, that, wait, that's food related. It's food. It's what I said. You know, wow. Animal crackers have had. Well, this is interesting to me. Animal crackers have had a total of fifty-four different kinds of animal shapes since 1902. But bears, elephants, tigers, um, and lions were the only ones to make it through and are still there. Other shapes that have been camels, rhinoceros, kangaroo, hippopotamus, bison, hyena, zebra. Um, April 18th was National Animal Cracker Day. And I just, I don't know why you don't get these, like, emails in your inbox. I just don't. That's like, for, that, it has to do with food. That that was your hint. Does it not have to do with food? I mean, technically. I mean, I can't help it. You misinterpreted my hint. Everybody misinterpreted it. I know. I think. I think when people listen to my pre-break quiz, they could just say, "Wait, this is Dawn." So the obvious answer is just—it's clearly not yeah, the right not. answer. Yeah. Something else I didn't know: the little string on the box of animal crackers was so you can hang it on your Christmas tree. I thought that was nice. See. Really. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> you've seen a career talk series XM channel one thirty two. We're right back to the phones with. Nick in Georgia. Nick, welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? I just wanted to call and uh, give a little advice to the, to the individual that called about uh, getting a nursing role. Oh, fabulous. Uh, two pieces. One, on, on your LinkedIn profile, um, 
there, most of these hospitals use outside recruiting firms. So finding the, uh, you know, searching out uh, hospital recruiters is, is a huge piece to have um, in connecting up with because they're constantly posting roles inside a hospital and they're always looking for people. The other thing is, is you know, most hospitals still kind of work in 1960, to be honest with you. And, That's terrifying, and Nick. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it is what it is. But I would physically walk into the hospital and either ask for the HR department with a, with a couple copies of your resume or the recruiting department because some of these hospitals have internal recruiters that do nothing but recruit for people um, and, and try to fill roles. And so physically walking into the hospital and, and aimlessly wandering around a little bit and asking, hey, where's the HR department or where's the recruiting department will get you in front of the right people. And if they have a copy in their hand, they, they will hunt for you. Yeah. I love that. I mean, yeah. It Great idea. Favors the bolds. Get in there. Go for it. This is, I, I love your advice, Nick, um, because I think the fact is these these hiring processes, we have this assumption that every all of them have evolved, and the fact is they haven't. They haven't. And there's other ways you need to get around these processes to get into these places. And you think you're doing all the right things and you're feeling really productive, but it's not paying off, not because you're not qualified or skilled, but because these these processes are just not working. So, Nick, do you work in a hospital? I, I work in the medical device industry, so I work in and around all different types of hospitals. Mm. Yeah, so I, I'm so glad you're listening today. I'm so glad you gave us a call and... Um, that is fabulous advice. We love hearing from callers who have ideas for other listeners or who have heard tips that will be helpful to all. So we really appreciate you giving us a call here on Career Talk, Nick. Hey, 844-942-7866. We're here with Hannah Morgan, a.k.a. the Career Sherpa and author of the Infographic Resume. And we're talking all about resumes and LinkedIn and trying to get these updated for the summer, regardless of whether you're in a job search. It is a good idea to to do this, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So, so Hannah, there's there's so many things that we can cover between LinkedIn and the resumes. Um, but I'm curious that, you know, when things come up a lot, don't contact us, we'll contact you rule. This kind of goes along with what we were saying with break the system and the system doesn't work. What are your thoughts on that? Just saying, hey, I apply, but it said don't contact us. Should people contact them? No, I, I wouldn't contact them if they say don't call us, but I would use the back door. So, like, when we were talking to Kathy, the CNA, CNA, if she applied to a hospital and a month has gone by and she still hasn't heard anything, or they said don't call us, we'll call you, I would talk to everybody I could possibly talk to at that hospital to find out what the process is, what I need to do to get in front of the right people. I would just be really inquisitive with the people that I know there because they may be able to give you some information about what's going on inside that position as to why they're saying don't call us, don't call you, right? There may be some sort of a change upcoming. They may have put a hold on the job. Well, there's no need to personally take that, take that personally unless you know what's going on. So talk to everybody you possibly, this is the problem, right? Everybody wants to find the easy button and to think that they can do it electronically, but sometimes it's that human to human relationship that's going to actually be the most beneficial and insightful. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's interesting because Kathy also brought up cover letters and that she's spending a lot of time customizing them. And I know there's a stat out there that only 17 percent of recruiters bothered to read the cover letters. But I think that can be a misleading stat. I think a lot of stats are misleading, but that's a topic for another show. But I mean, the fact is, I will tell you as a recruiter, I read your cover letter after I've determined that your resume has the basic qualifications where I'm going to move forward. And so I think if you, you do the math that 75% of, of resumes are getting weeding out, weeded out by the applicant tracking system and all these other things, well, it makes sense that only 17% of cover letters are being read. But I will tell you, if it's not there and if it's not tailored, that's a big red flag for me. What are your thoughts? What are you seeing, Hannah? Yeah, I think it saddens me that Kathy might be spending too much time on the cover letter. It's important to personalize it, but some of it is just the same thing over and over again. I, I mean, I, I don't want to make it sound like it's cookie cutter because it has to be tailored. But to spend an hour on a, on a cover letter seems a little bit extreme. I, I think that you're right. Every recruiter has a different 
system or process by which they will look at a cover letter, and it depends on industry and the personal preference, right? In higher education, they're not going to look at a, a resume without a cover letter ever. And in many cases, they'll read the cover letter first. So I think that you really, if you're talking to people in your industry that have gotten a job recently, they can give you insight on how what that process looks like so that you can emphasize and put the, mo- the amount of time into the right activities, right? Yeah, and I think there's a lot of templates out there. I have a template on my website, um, dawnoncareers.com, where basically what I instruct people to do is to create a shell. And that shell... I mean, if you're if you have a clear target and you're applying to you know very very similar positions, that shell shouldn't change that much. But you know, obviously, you want to. There's a couple of things you want to change. One, there's there's three bullet points in the middle that specifically address the key problems that that role is is highlighting in the job description, and those things can be modified. And then there's always a line in there about why I want to work for your organization, which should be also tailored to that company and not something generic like you're you're a great company and everybody knows you're a world-class leader you're very advanced like nothing like that but something specific and it could be that you know after meeting several employees from your company who've you know I mean throw references in their names so I think it can be a very valuable tool and it could also knock you out of the running if it's either not there or if it's generic hey 844-942-7866 you're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132. So Hannah, as we're thinking about the resume and LinkedIn, a question I also get a lot is what if I want to include something I haven't done? So what if I'm a switcher and I want, you know, how do I do that? So I, so people start seeing me where I want to go versus where I've been. Yikes. Uh, so <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> um, if you've never done something, you may have done something similar or you may have done it pro bono. I think that that's probably the best opportunity is to take on a project or a volunteer assignment to do it at no cost for somebody so that you can show the work that you've done and talk about how you've done it. Um, so then that could be listed as um, you know, under your experience on LinkedIn. It would just be listed as an experience um, in the time frame that you did it. But on your resume, it could be listed as a project or um, depending on how the resume is formatted, it could be listed as a project or even as experience or perhaps under volunteer work, depending on where you find it's most appropriate. But getting that experience somehow, some way, um, is going to be the important part so that you can show what you've done. Exactly. And there's a lot of ways to do that. Sometimes even within your own organization, ask to say, hey, I'd like to learn more about what it's like to work with our customers. Can I can I spend a couple hours with marketing? Or, you know, I mean, it's it, a lot of people are afraid to ask because they're like, ah, oh, what is that going to mean? But I think we can do this um, fairly easily in a lot of places and we overlook it. I think the other thing is, to your point, Hannah, is we all have transferable skills. And I think if you can boil something down to its very basics, even if you haven't had that exact title, then you probably have done similar things. And so I think when you're writing a resume or when you're writing a LinkedIn, that profile statement or that summary statement can be so powerful because also maybe you've did some, you've done something two jobs ago that that is very directly related. And when you write that summary, you can bring it up to the front top and center and, you know, put it right there where people see it doesn't matter that it wasn't your last job. It just matters that you did it at some point. So I think one thing I would encourage as we wrap up the show, remember that you're you never want to lie. Never, never, never. I'm going to say that (laughs) with all certainty, but don't underestimate yourself either. You probably have done a lot more things than you realize that could qualify you for a job. And no one has every qualification. So get out there. If you need help, get a resume coach who can help you highlight those skills. But Hannah, it's been so wonderful having you on the show today. One last time, where can people reach you? Sure. My website is careersherpa.net. That's C-A-R-E-E-R-S-H-E-R-P-A.net. Fantastic. Thank you for all of your great advice. We love having you on the show and thank you for your generosity on social media. You are awesome. Michelle and Dion, I don't know what other stuff. I could have given you other than it was a food. If I said it's something you hang on. No, no, no. You didn't say it was a food. All right, you're right. (laughs) You just said food. If I I said you hang it on your Christmas tree, that wouldn't have helped either. So No. All right, yeah. All right, well, thank you. Of course, all of our callers and listeners, we are here every week on Career Talk for you. And as a happy anniversary to Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success, don't forget that Friday and Saturday only, June 21st and 22nd, it's $2.99 on Amazon for the Kindle edition. 
Nation. So thank you so much for tuning in. You've been listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132, and we'll see you next time. 